Luke Byron, Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. It's the spitballing pod. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You know we've been fighting for one and still fighting to this day. To this day. Aguero! Surprise, motherfuckers. Back out to Allen. History pointer. Bang! I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Listen, I ain't going to forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might be. Welcome to episode 136 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Today joined by Tom Kennett, Troy Weaver and Sean Shute is here. I'd maybe have given him a more ravenous introduction, but he has delayed us. So, slightly shorter podcast due to myself and Troy on that part as we do want to watch Arsenal United. So, we've all played a part apart from TK who is innocent in this one once again. Anyway... This is this is a bit of a retro episode, a reminiscent one. We did plan to all go on retro shirts. Sean's does hit, Sean's done his side of uh, the bargain. I was I've got a retro esque Arsenal one on. That's not a retro. It's styled on a retro <laughs> shirt. I was going to get the uh, banana one on, but it's a bit trim and a bit warm to wear long sleeves. And the vintage Grasshoppers twenty ten is in the wash. Anyway. Strange News of the Week is a feature we revert to whenever there's something interesting in the news. So what we'll do here, Strange News of the 90s. I'm going to get all these features stretched as far as I can for as many different things. But usually these are some of the best ones and they do take a bit of a spiral. After that, we're then going to compare the game in the 90s or early 2000s to now and decide was football better then than it is now? First of all, January 1990, we've seen advertising now, and there was a big fuss, which I'm going back now, when you think the biggest fuss about James Bond was that there was product placement in there. (laughs) That does seem like a long time ago. (laughs) But the Visqués Corporation debuted a new technology in January of 1990 that allowed edible ink ads to be printed onto hot dogs. The company boasted that now, for the first time, hot dogs could be used as a communications medium, what we've all wanted, obviously. (laughs) It also suggested that hot dog advertising, as they called it, would be a great way for companies to target messages at children and establish brand preference early. However, the company found no takers for its hot dog ad technology. One concessions manager noted, our hot dogs are already cooked and in a bun and wrapped when they're sold. You wouldn't see the message. <laughs> Advertising is a lot more wilder now these days, isn't it? Like, no, sorry, in the 90s. Like, it was really in your face. They were just trying to chuck anything at you. Whereas now, it's more subtly done now, advertising. I was thinking about this, and this is on episode you were on there, Troy, way, way back when. I think Rory was on for this one as well. When we first started doing the Strange News of the Week, and there was a place in America that was trying to bring in the... Um, robot brothel if you can recall yeah, that yeah. and there was outrage that the mayor didn't want it to happen <laughs> Crazy. so this is a bit more toned down anyway june 1992 on that note in cranston rhode island condom hut the world's first ever drive-through condom score sparked outrage among local residents the roman catholic diocese of providence condemned it as a moral outrage 
A rock was thrown through its window and graffiti was spray-painted on its front. The owner of the business, former flight attendant and self-styled adventurous entrepreneur Emmanuel Delvecchio, eventually succumbed to community pressure and closed the store. So what what was it? Essentially a drive through but just with condoms. Oh, oh, okay. Bit fucking different, but... I've got this image of it like a subway. So you can, you can ask him, like, look, what do you want? So they give me your options. Well, let's just say, you want that with ribbed or not? <laughs> ribbed or an Italian white. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it didn't take off, to be fair. I remember oh, work, working in the co-op, I had to um, serve a elderly colleague a condom, and I've never felt so awkward in all of my life. I'm looking for a nice Irish gentleman tonight. Wow. <laughs> Tipped you a little wink. I'm going out prepared tonight, Luke. Well, Kieran still worked there at the time, so uh, he wasn't safe. <laughs> Troy, if you shrink down a bit, you'll actually know who it is as well. There's so never I can... a, there's never a, a non awkward situation to buy them, though, is there? Like, because then you can be, you can feel, no. you can feel. Well, exactly the drive-through. Then you got that sorted. Exactly, yeah. That's, I don't think that's a good idea. But then you, you got the awkward thing with the shop where you don't really want to do it. But then equally. You look really weird if you get the ones from the toilets, which I never have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, has anyone ever got some from the toilet? I remember they used to have it at the old cinema as well. I remember they used to have it at the, uh, was it Tempin? I, was, I don't know yeah, why yeah. Tempin of all places. Is, <laughs> I think that's probably one place where sex shouldn't be encouraged yeah. myself. The Catholics wouldn't mind that one. Be on, those priests would be happy with that one. Well, Cineworld is the other one. They've always got loads of them in there. Yeah, these are date spots though, aren't they? <laughs> you know, bowling, cinema... If you're taking a girl on a nice date, you've got to be prepared. Yeah, but I can't you imagine know? you make enough from it for the ends to justify the means. So you might have, if someone has to go and clean that up and they find a condom there, they get, why is this here? They're not encouraging you to shag there. They're just saying, you know, <laughs> buy the condom and fucking But I'm leave, saying, you, know? you, don't, you don't want to encourage that one person. The ends don't justify the means. If you if you've gone to the cinema and that's your plan and you don't have one, there are plenty of other places you can go that aren't the cinema. Yeah, but yeah, but they're not. It's not discreet. You just said when you yeah. sold a condom, a bar to, is better. Than, yeah, but why your a bar? I think, like a bar. Yeah, beyond, they have them like, in the, in the bar toilets. Is yeah. far more normal. I'm saying that. Oh, oh. this is sixteen year old. You know, wants to get up. Yeah, there this is what I mean. Like when you're a young lad, <laughs> I can go to the bar. I think it'd be more awkward if someone walked in and you put in cash in one of those dodgy like cinema toilet machines than just getting one over a counter. Yeah, but you blokes. Also, the thing is now with them, predominantly, you're also going to have like. You've got the condom as like one option, but then you've got like the cock ring and like the, yeah, <laughs> like some, the, some the Viagra, Viagra substitute. Yeah. The so if you get the wrong number, you're like, no, 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 I, I didn't need this, yeah. mate. I, I got the wrong one. It's basically a Red Bull in a tablet. Like. Someone walk, <laughs> blow, blow walks in with you got a cock ring in your eyes. Like, Look, I didn't mean to get this. This this one's a bit darker. I'm glad Alex isn't on for this one because he'd have a bit of a tantrum because anything to do with animals, he has a little bit of a meltdown for and tells it. He still maintains they shouldn't have killed the dog in I Am Legend. The zombie dog in I Am Legend that was turning on Will Smith, he claims shouldn't have been killed. <laughs> Fella didn't get his dick out for Harambe, though. Where's they keep that same energy for the gorilla? <laughs> so if you can picture this one. A joke, January 94, a school driver in Port Washington, Wisconsin, insisted he was only joking when he shouted out, should I hit the dog seconds before he hit a dog on the road? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Essentially, he. We've we've all been aware. Peer pressure mounts up in school, where for the most ridiculous of things, you can convince a whole class of people to chant for something to happen. So, I don't know what kind of savage school this was. He's yelled out, "Shall I at the dog?" They all started yelling out, "Do it, do it!" Like this in unison. 
if you can spare a thought for two kids at the back of the bus, it was their dog. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been helpless while, he, while they're all going, go on, do it. He's hit the dog, obviously. <laughs> he, um, he said um, the, dro- the dog will often come up to meet the kids off the bus oh, as well. No, so it's even more no. savage. They were obviously oh. close to the dog. Maybe, maybe he thought, though, like that he wasn't actually going to hit the dog. Like he <laughs> was joking. And you know, like how we all kind of just, oh, pretend swerve. Yeah. Like, you know, that type of thing. But he actually hit the fucking dog. You pretend like, to hit someone and you just glance. Yeah. So <laughs> he's, it? the driver who later resigned, blamed the accident on icy conditions. What savages are these kids? It's like a community <laughs> dog, essentially, and they've all turned on it like that. Easy. You definitely get involved, though. If enough people yeah. get involved, you definitely, you definitely be like, yeah. I've said, I've, I've been to multiple football matches and I've chanted for four teams, I'll support them till I die. <laughs> Arsenal, West Ham, Everton and Newcastle. And I've said I'll support all of them till I die. I meant it in that moment. <laughs> Next one. This one's also quite dark, but you might find some humour in the situation that she couldn't. <laughs> a Cincinnati woman who suffered from a rare psychiatric disorder that caused her to faint every time she heard the word sex claimed that she'd been sexually assaulted by a man who took advantage of her condition. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> During the trial, the judge had to instruct the lawyers to use terms nookie or blank <laughs> instead of sex so the woman wouldn't keep fainting in court. <laughs> the defendant was found guilty and sentenced to, to 7 to 25 years in prison oh come on so he found out essentially said the word she passed out and he had his way maybe he was just trying to get consent he said do you want sex she f- passed she could have said yes just before she passed out <laughs> yeah. what happens then it's the 90s it's different <laughs> rules yeah it was different rules back then <laughs> she was weak at the knees alright June 98 during a routine check, police stopped a man in Colchester, Essex, and discovered that he was wearing Wellington boots filled with baked beans and tomato sauce. The officers never found out why he was doing this, but they advised him that more appropriate footwear should be worn than boots full of baked beans, as they could cause him to be distracted and have an accident. What? <laughs> Just a routine stop. <laughs> Sounds that? like a Florida man um, <laughs> headline. But I can imagine that happens quite a lot in Essex, to be fair. <laughs> Mad shit like that. He's bloody stopping searches. <laughs> yeah. uh, one the three of us have uh, another meaning to, but uh, between the years 95 and 97, uh, Bill Clinton's approval ratings actually went up during the Monica Lewinsky scandal. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of guys that was like, do you know what? That man's got some fucking balls. Fair play. I thought he was a pussy. Like. <laughs> I was been looking at Hillary like, look, yeah. come on, what's the man going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you may have heard this name before, the 1993 Lorena Bobbitt. If you haven't and you don't know the story, I'll fill you in. So she rose to fame in 93 when she cut her husband's private parts off with a carving knife. So she was found not guilty by reason of insanity. So if you think about the fellow, you're thinking you're quite... You don't know what to do with yourself now. He made the best of a bad situation and he actually... uh, found every cloud really does have a silver lining. He exposed his niche and went into the adult industry. And uh, filmed several movies with his... Um... Stump. No, what I forgot there. <laughs> I picked you think his cock was. He's had a stump afterwards. <laughs> he had, like, he had, he had, an, he had uh, like an artificial one okay. put in place. So he was able to do the business with that. Apparently he could still get it up and down. 
he could do his business and uh, he made that made he a didn't career feel that. anything though did he oh. when he did it do you get what I mean he didn't actually get any sensation but then he wiped a lot of struggles out they wouldn't have had to worry about him finishing early on set they <laughs> said true. you get in here do your job yeah I suppose that's how he could look at it it's just a job like, <laughs> yes. as a, you know you're not getting any enjoyment out of it it's just well, my fucking job. He, he also then appeared on several celebrity boxing specials. So I don't know what... He became a celebrity just essentially from having his pipe shops off. And I don't know me, why... I don't have to wear a box. It's not even like it's like a freak show where he's like really small or really fat. He essentially... Something that has no impact on his fighting. They've gone, this would be funny actually if we just get you on here. Just so they can tell his story, I imagine, before the fights. Yeah. Can't get low bloat. <laughs> we do have a... We can mention a bit on the... Uh, Jan Vertonghen cheating scandal that has rocked Tottenham Hotspur allegedly today. Apparently Jan has uh, been having an affair with Christian Eriksen's wife, which would maybe explain why he's not too chirpy at Spurs at the moment. And apparently Harry Kane found out and gave him a black eye. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't think he had that in him, but fair play if he has. He couldn't be very threatening with a chat, so we'd have to just on-site, because every word he says, it becomes less threatening. (laughs) Because I've only because I've missed because I don't have because I don't have phone data at the moment. I've missed most of this, but then I saw I saw a story on one a Tottenham fan that I follow, and then put like look at Vertonghen's story, and now the context of it makes sense. It was just random pictures of Ericsson and Vertonghen, which I was looking at. It's like why why is this funny? <laughs> yeah, because I was, I didn't really think much of it, and I saw Spurs accounts actually having to come out and defend it. So like <laughs> then like screenshots of Instagram of like Vertonghen commenting like. Love hearts on uh, Ericsson's photo or something like. <laughs> See, would he do that if they fucking his wife or something? <laughs> what? If you have to go and defend it, it's not good. Yeah. It's it maybe shows. It maybe shows that we are as Arsenal fans that I've had a message from a fan saying, "Hopefully this ruins their season." You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then anyway, Cardi Lopez. <laughs> whether it's true, yeah, yeah. Or, whether it's true or not, then hopefully Ericsson's going to be looking over true. his shoulder now. Courtois and De Bruyne doesn't get spoken about. It really doesn't. What, what's the Courtois? I think that I got that. Yeah. Well. Courtois was piping De Bruyne's bird. Jesus. You, you know Courtois is a scumbag though. He's just, <laughs> he just is that guy, isn't he? At the end of the day, that bird, I would argue she's arguably upgrading with Jan over Christian Eriksen. His hairline is going already and he's a young man. Yes. Jan's got a good thick head of hair on him. Probably getting a nice move to somewhere like Rome or Milan either, not living in North London anymore. So... He's got in there quick. I'm sure he's not living in the in the slums of North London. I'm pretty sure he's probably in a nice area. Those houses up by Cockfosters. I saw people genuinely saying, "Well, well, that's that's why the the move over the summer didn't materialise. He had to stay at home and <laughs> make sure he was alright." I was like, "I'm not sure that's no. it." <laughs> anyway, I now have a list of things people saying were were better in the '90s or some of the key points that you look back on in 90s or early 2000s football we can compare contrast we can do that kind of thing i've got a very long list of whether we get into all of them or not and if any occur to you midway then you can chuck them in and if i have them later down the list then we can just move past it first one tiny players wearing massive shirts (laughs) it's a staple when you look back at the old football photos now and someone uh, quoted saying that Juninho never actually left Middlesbrough between his three spells. He just went missing in the shirt every so often. <laughs> it definitely was a thing back then of just like one size fits all. Do you know what I mean? If you're like, what are you, six foot six? Yeah, here's, here's, here's an extra large. What are you, five foot nine? Here's an extra large. Just like 
I don't know why that was a thing. They say the seventies had V necks, the eighties had short shorts, so the nineties just had elfin players drowning in tents. Yeah, that's strange because in the eighties they didn't have big baggy sh- like tops. It wasn't. There's nothing to think like. Oh yeah, the baggier the better they'll play. They probably It'd be uh, the opposite. had all sorts of the abuse from wearing the skimpy shorts, which I'm sure you know what they probably would have been called. And then they've gone from there and like, look, we're not going. To, we're going to go the opposite way now. Yeah, nothing wrong with us. Big, big shorts, big top, sorted. I do distinctly remember getting. Obviously, obviously, when you're a kid, shirts tend to be too big for you anyway. But if it's particularly too big but thinking nothing of it because yeah, like, oh, it, it lasted like that. four seasons yeah. like one shirt big growing room so yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. you knew you, you could still be wearing yeah. it in four years time like <laughs> alright so well another one with kits then kits with buttoned or lace up collars Ooh. the United ones always one of my cousins had a lovely lace up one yeah the yellow and was it yellow and green yeah yeah, I remember he had it on his wall. He was that proud of it. It was like just hung up and it had, yeah, the, the strings going across. Lovely little... Uh, they say one quick on. tug on the drawstring of Aston Villa's 92-93 shirt and Dean Saunders' head would have popped clean off. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it would appear like some sort of magical thing. <laughs> like you go in this, go and say Dean Saunders to a mirror three times and he will appear. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you've already got this down, but I'll say it anyway. What about reversibles as well? You don't get that yeah. anymore. Mm. Like the whole reversible Get into that shirts. mic. There was that English shirt, wasn't there? What, that was reversible. Yeah, Those yeah. kids you don't get them used to have. That, no. yeah, Cost-cutting as well, that was sick. <laughs> okay, then. I think one of the highlights for me was how many good teams there were. So you look now and we have a distinct set of maybe like four teams and you could look in like the Russian league and you would have a good enough team to compete with some of the others, mainly because of the players coming through. And Yugoslavia you... League too. Like, that was <laughs> mad. This is where we're going. So Shame at the breakup. Yeah, damn. <laughs> so Dynamo Kiev began the 90s by edging out CSK Moscow to become league champions of the USSR. But it's the Andriy Shevchenko-inspired side of 99 who remember most fondly when you look here. You have that Shevchenko and Rubrov partnership. Dynamo Kiev. Galatasaray were a force as well back in the 90s. Yeah. Well, that that uh, Dynamo team uh, beat Arsenal at Wembley before uh, and then beat them again in Ukraine. Was that in 2000? Uh, it was in 98-99, the ah. Champions League semis. Ah, right, yeah. I kind of, I kind of remember it. Like, uh, Giles Gramondi playing <laughs> and Slovenio on left-back. Rebrov as well when Spurs signed him my my dad always used to say like yeah we're, we're going to go for his mate as well and then we chose the better one the not not knowing who this was for a while and then obviously turned out to be Shevchenko <laughs> and Rebrov proper shout out Rebrov was awful Jesus. <laughs> the main one that comes up if you mention 90s football Football Italia yeah. yeah I don't know if it's common knowledge the way that this eventually came about so Television production company Chrysalis were filming Paul Gascoigne's recuperation from a knee injury. He noted that it was a shame that nobody in Britain would be able to see him play for Lazio, so a light bulb popped in their heads. They bought the rights to Serie A and sold them to Channel 4. The original plan was for the coverage to be hosted by Gaza, but they quickly realised <laughs> what a nightmare he was, <laughs> and that was never going to happen. So they put that on the back burner, instead promoted researcher James Richardson, and he was soon to be seen sipping cappuccinos outside an Italian cafe with a little pink paper. (laughs) And you could have regular Sunday afternoons with uh, the servings of Baggio, Battistuta and co. 
Football Italia amassed more than 3 million viewers, many of whom were yet to bite the bullet on a Sky Sports subscription, so this was where you were getting your football fix from instead. You'd have been seen as proper cool and edgy, weren't you, I reckon, if you were preaching about Football Italia to people? There was a fair few players playing in Italy mm. back then as well. English players, you know, they had... It's a much better league than it is now. <laughs> Definitely. That was kind of the it destination was the defensive of choice, league, wasn't it? Wasn't it? So yeah. It was, yeah. Because that, that was some of my first memories of watching football, because... Like around that age, well, didn't have Sky Sports in any in any house, so you knew on Sunday morning, then that'd be the only kind of football you'd be able to get, other than match the day, obviously. These kids don't know what they've got now. Sky Sports growing up, you used to have to exactly, get yeah. get yourself up about ten past seven on a Sunday morning if you wanted to watch match of the day. Then, unless you're going to watch it on a Saturday night, we just had the one TV. So my mum was essentially, yeah, we aren't watching that on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> have your casualty, and then you go up to bed. <laughs> X Factor, if that's on. So I have to get up early, come downstairs, watch Match of the Day in the morning. And that was with another phone, so you had to hope that you woke up in time to come downstairs and watch it. I feel this is an opportune time as well to mention. Byron, at one point, as a kid, got so addicted to soaps, his mum had to uh, tell him he couldn't watch them anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was, I was coming, I was, I was coming home, and I would He'd probably still be watching yeah. if his mum hadn't intervened. <laughs> yeah, this is good, good trivia. I'm actually. I would get home at like say what quarter past four, and I would like bath the second I got in. So I was ready, like tucked up on the sofa, ready for <laughs> the one coronation he sent. Coronation shooting he sent us. It wasn't a Hollyoaks, Emmerdale, that kind of thing. But yeah, locked in. <laughs> so what? What? What was? What? How did the conversation go? It was just like you need to stop this. <laughs> yeah, my mum essentially is like, look, we ain't watching this anymore. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Find something else. Look, you're crying when Barry died. I can't. You can't do this anymore. That was a, that was an iconic moment. Though. It was. A, it was a great time though for like if you did say if you had a family member that had Sky and they really liked you like my nan did. She she used to actually sit up at night and record WWF Raw for me, and she'd have to sit and watch it as well. She always told me she didn't like it or anything, but secretly I she, I don't know. She recorded me like forty episodes of that, so maybe she started to enjoy it after a while, but. Yeah, those were. Um, I remember like what you were just saying about you know football Italia being on. Another thing would be you'd just be checking teletext all the time. Yeah, we got looking that, for the scores and seeing <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on. Yeah. Like that was that was Twitter basically. Yeah, for, back for the nineties. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Used to have uh, WWE Experience on a Saturday morning on Sky oh, One. Sky One. Yeah, yeah if you didn't have Sky Todd Sports, Grisham, that was as close now, you got. Who yeah. now does the DAZN coverage? And on that, they used to like censor it, so they would have a little like pause if someone's going to get hit by a chair. They'd look at the crowd, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, just yeah. like you'd hear the noise, and they'd go, "Oh, <laughs> oh my god, his face has been broken open! Yeah. <laughs> what happened?" It's funny what you said then about it was lucky that your nan really liked you because my dad had Sky Sports, and I used to say, "Can I come over and watch the football?" and I'd get a no. So <laughs> I remember asking if I could come round and stay up for um, Mayweather Hatton. The boys are coming over, so you, you're you not going to be able to. Oh, <laughs> Funny as you say that, it must have been the last sort of stand for a VCR. My dad literally tapes it on the old video, so he must have yeah. the Fabian. And, oh, and that was 2007, I want to yeah, say, so that would have been like a last batch. I, was still, for... I still had a v- VHS in my mum's house probably five years ago, and it, like it would every now and again, something might get put on. That I just knew that I had on video and I didn't have anywhere else. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? Yeah, I think the people that had a DVD recorder, I used to look at that as being a bit like extra. 
Like that was so unneeded. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know people with DVD recorders that would like just record a film being on for the sake of it, just because it felt like you were cheating getting this on a DVD now. Because <laughs> it was this was high tech at the time. Do you remember um, Trans World Sport as well, where yeah. that would like get you all of your all of your sport coverage that you wanted. Then there'd be like random rogue sports it chucked in there as well yeah 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 yeah. sean loves a bit of skiing (laughs) they they used to be a mental well i say sports show i'm not even sure what channel it would have been on i remember jack watching it and me coming down one one and said what the hell is this it was called roller jam and it was essentially you're on roller skates just around almost like a cycling like velodrome kind of thing and then you just get what was the basketball one? Abused on the on way trampolines. around. Last Slam, man standing. Slam ball. I was about Woo! to say that. That was a wild... No, I think that was the, the well. noughties. We'll get on to that episode <laughs> another time. That was on Trouble. Fuck me. Yeah, Trouble was a great <laughs> channel. What, what a yeah. channel. Bring it back. Slam ball. Wow. And Bravo. Yeah, Bravo, <laughs> yeah. Bit of topless darts. Why not? <laughs> you talk about your hunter back on. That's when, I, that's when I first, I think, knew. I was probably about eight or something like that. And that's when I knew... Yeah, I like fucking. I like I like women a lot. Like <laughs> when I seen Top No, <laughs> Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife. <laughs> Everyone had a thing for Dog the yeah. Bounty Hunter's wife. I was just up and I had the remote, and it came on, yeah. and I was just like, "This is amazing." <laughs> Macy, Macy, rest in peace as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to keep that energy to now go down to uh, talk about Croatia in the <laughs> in the nineties. Yet to be discovered. Yeah. <laughs> Suka flying through the air like a plane in that little tablecloth shirt. Lobbing Schmeichel at Euro 96, scoring six goals at France 98. They say you put Croatia on the map. I think part of this, where I get some random like, football knowledge from sometimes, I played like early FIFA's with my stepbrother who was a little bit older than me. He was an Arsenal fan. And he swore by how much he loved Suka to the point where yeah. when Omri, even when Omri was getting good, he was like, I don't like Omri. It's like, give me Bergkamp and Suka. And he's like, you know what? I've never really grown to Omri. And then when Omri obviously started banging him in the front yeah. centre, he had to be like, okay, maybe I should yeah. come round to the idea. Well, you look at the rest of their team. So they had um, Robert Prosinecki as their playmaker. They had Captain Boban in there. They had um, Stumak and Bilic at centre-back. And they say that they could play two free kick against Jamaica at France, 98 beat Germany 3-0 in the quarterfinals and as Suka say they secured the most perfect moment in Croatian football history with that so they waited until now to have a golden generation again and nothing has come from it (laughs) this uh, draws nicely into what Sean's turned up in Parma saw a quote that said uh, any parent will tell you it's tricky to choose between their children so how do Parma fans just manage to decide which 90s vintage they prefer. <laughs> Do you go for the early 90s UEFA and Cup winners, Cup winning team of Spriller, Zola, Brolin, or the late 90s, which is more art kind of time, Serie A runners-up and UEFA Cup winners with Buffon, Cannavaro and Crespo. Mm. That's bad. When Scala left the team in 1996 for second-tier Perugia, Ancelotti came in set about remodelling the team, taking a different direction. Let Zola go to Chelsea, but he brought in 21-year-old Hernan Crespo, as we said, from River Plate. Sampdoria hitman Enrico Chiesa to guarantee the goals and brought in Buffon, a teenage keeper he was slated for bringing in at the time. Wow. And a young Cannavaro. And Lillian Turan was in that defence as well, Jeez. at Palmer. 
That's around the same sort of time Ajax were getting robbed, wasn't it? Because they had amazing team same That's like four ninety five. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they really got yeah. robbed. Like Edgar Davids, all of them guys. It was all there at that time. Del Piero was also at Palmer as well around then. Jesus. We did have a whole thing on him, but you've just ruined that now. So, <laughs> oh, do I about to get into? You can skip there. Yeah. So story for Del Piero. I don't know if this is common knowledge or not. His mum initially wanted him to be a goalkeeper because she said it was unhealthy to sweat too much. She thought that sweating, the more you sweat, the more unhealthy you're going to be, essentially. So she wanted him to play in goal. (laughs) His brother went behind her back and essentially said, look, I ain't going to tell her. You're going to go right at the top of the pitch and you're going to be the striker. Obviously, if his elder brother hadn't interfered, he wouldn't have scored 290 goals in 705 matches. Probably for a as well, <laughs> yeah. Hattrick on his full debut. 19 seasons, 17 trophy career with Juve. And they say that now, because of uh, all the strikes he had that went into the top corner, that was his synonymous shot. In Serie A now, that kind of goal is referred to as a goal a la Del Piero. That goal in the um, 2006 semi is such a beautiful goal as well. against The breakaway against Germany when he just curls it into the top corner. Great World Cup. Not yeah, quite the best World Cup. Not quite the 2010. No. <laughs> Again. You're forgetting the Jabulani ball. <laughs> yeah. That was it. That was the only thing. He just had like, it's like playing with a floater. <laughs> Anything could happen. The Vuvuzelas were enough to ruin that World yeah. Cup yeah. on its own. Yeah, I think I, saw, I think romanticised it more just because it was our study leave. And yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. literally, you, I missed one game and it was, I think it was Portugal put seven goals past someone. <laughs> Maybe like, South Korea or someone of that kind of level. That was the only game I missed, obviously. Anyway. Tamuri Kitz Byers, angry (laughs) celebration. Couldn't have quoted the name to you, but you'll know the celebration. If you can just think of the mental blow that looks like a skeleton booting the advertising boards. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He complains. He says, I'm upset that people only remember me for this but I don't know what he was expecting yeah. when <laughs> you look at that and you look at his other moments, that does stand out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like Mia Khalifa being upset people only know for porn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> love. <laughs> There's not much else going. Yeah. You're going to have to stick with it. Alex claimed he didn't know who she was. His smile told you me You can otherwise. tell that, yeah, he has that <laughs> smile when he talks about it. Well, I can't say I was watching them back then, but people are saying that uh, the playoff final was better back in the day. Between 2013 and 2018, the championship final brought seven goals between it. In the 1993 final between Swindon and Leicester, they'd done that in 45 minutes. (laughs) Then came the year after, Bolton 4, Reading 3, the year after, Charlton 4, Sunderland 4. So, maybe, I mean, the most dramatic one I can think of in recent years is uh, Derby doing a Derby in the last minute and letting QPR poach in QPR then fuck all and then Zamora <laughs> bangs one in <laughs> there, there's some video on YouTube with some bloke who was a QPR fan and rather than travel to watch the team he just kept turning up by the Derby bus every week to sing Old Bobby Zamora <laughs> <laughs> and there's a video on YouTube and eventually he snaps and then he's not, he, ha- he hasn't come back I think Zamora must have startled him a bit <laughs> I don't know if you know about this. The Anglo-Italian Cup 
from back in the day. The Serie B sides against English random teams that qualified for it. But when I tell you that you had um, George Hargey playing at Notts County <laughs> and you had Batistuta playing against South End, <laughs> it's a well, tournament I think you want to get back involved in. Yeah. Well, there's, there's actually talk, isn't there, of a, of a new third tier European league. They're going to call it European yeah. Conference. Awful name. I think that's only because us English, we're used to the conference. Yeah. It makes it sort of seem a bit shitter. Maybe people will finally put some respect on the Europa League after that. Well, this <laughs> is the thing. It's, it, yeah, I think they should bring it back. Um, uh, bring back like a third tier one. What was the ones before? We had the Cup Winners Cup. Intertoto. Intertoto. Yeah, was another one. Milk Cup. The milk Cup. <laughs> isn't that the League Cup? The Milk Cup. <laughs> I think it is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Newcastle won the Intertoto. I can remember seeing that on teletext. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about semi-finals at Wembley being a novelty? Uh, I don't like it. Mm, yeah, I hate it. Yeah. You still have like have a Sheffield, Old Trafford, Villa Park. Villa was always the one, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, Villa Park. I would be happy if it was a Millennium. I'd be sound with it being the Millennium. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's because because Welsh teams are included in it, aren't they? So it would make sense in a way and for it's it to be Millennium. Big enough that your allocation and stuff, you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have plenty. So. Arsenal having the FA Cup semi and the League Cup semi in. Remember there was that one week where our, our whole season just collapsed in a week. Yeah, it was deemed yeah. as like the biggest week in like <laughs> our history. And I think we lost away at, I think we lost away at like Stoke. We battered Chelsea in both games and Drogba pulled it out his ass to beat us in both games as well. Just another day in the life of an Arsenal fan I suppose. Here's a throwback. Lucas Aid water bottles. The big blue one oh, yeah. with, the, with the yellow nozzle. Yeah, that's a massive yeah. kind throwback. Kind of tainted the taste of your drink a bit, gave it a bit of that Still plasticky. One of them in my, underneath my mum's sink. 100%. <laughs> I remember us having one and my brothers couldn't be trusted, so that nozzle would be absolutely chewed. Oh, a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Animals. The worst would be people that would chew the like, nozzle of the football team drinks bottles. Yeah. Who are these people? I used to bring a drink. I'm one of the coaches who didn't last very long calling me a big girl's blouse for bringing a drink wasn't drinking out of one of them bottles <laughs> I mean it was early signs of what was to come though wasn't it <laughs> hey I didn't want to catch anything you saw some of the people playing in that Brockway FC I didn't want any of that any of that work right genuinely exotic signings back when it was deemed where you had no clue about who you'd signed yeah. so it's a pre-internet Swiss defender Mark Hottiger could join Newcastle without any armchair football scouts talking about his YouTube highlights and how good he is or how terrible he is. I remember we signed Gabriel Martinelli from the fourth tier of Brazilian football. I was able to read a full breakdown <laughs> of his career so far. That's how things are now. Yeah, yeah. Back then, you had no clue what you were getting. So you had some better and some for the worse. I did love that sort of mystery element to it. Even kind of later as time went on, under like, say, like Rafa, Liverpool would just sign people like, I've no idea who these are. Because the internet wasn't as big at this point. It's like, oh, well, maybe Hossamy is going to be really good. I don't know. <laughs> maybe Igor Bishkang could be a player. I'd love it if there'd been a YouTube compilation we could look back on now of um, George Way's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> there was that kid, wasn't there, that apparently got a trial at United because he just was continually posting a DVD of his skills through Fergus' door oh, wow. until he eventually looked, come down then 
It didn't work out because he wasn't very good. <laughs> to be fair, probably looking for everything else posted through Fergie's door and he thought, you know what, this is one of the nicest things. You, you can come down. <laughs> I feel like as well with uh, with the sort of 90s era, players that did come usually had had a good World Cup. It's, that was how you did your scouting. So we they were international players. But yeah, so it, it probably didn't happen until the late 90s where you would actually get people that would go out of their way to scout other leagues and try and find a gem from another country. <laughs> yeah. You know, usually they already were gems when they came in, say, you know, the mid-90s and the 80s. And if a foreign player did get signed, it was all sort of like wide-eyed, like, oh, 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 a foreign player. <laughs> a lot of expectation. Like. A slit-looking Italian guy is like, he's going to be good. Yeah. I don't care what happens, he's going to be good. Even when you look at the age of some of the prospects and when they broke through, like when some of them, they've been picked up at like 23 years old and they go on to be massive. Like, if you think of Brazilian Ronaldo now, he would have been scouted and picked up by someone at the age of about 15. Rather than what age did he leave in the end? Like uh, late teenage years, yeah. there was only a handful of clubs in for him. Yeah, and you think nowadays team. that would be the opposite. Well, Rangers were in the mix, so you think a lot of other yeah, teams would be in there it. as well. Yeah. All right, Urzil tried bringing this back this year. Blonde dye jobs. This oh. was a thing that you <laughs> saw. So if you remember the uh, 1998 World Cup squad, Robbie Fowler and Paul Gascoigne, Fowler with blonde hair is a sight to behold it's a bad, it's a bad look yeah. I remember he said he's like, had a shit stag that's what it looks like <laughs> he said like he'd been on a bit of a wilder summer and he said he came back to Liverpool with like blonde hair and the coaches were like this isn't staying <laughs> so I don't know who you think you are but like, this isn't staying yeah. speaking of hair though what about Abdel Abdel Xavier oh, <laughs> the Portuguese God. guy yeah yeah that's some crazy hair made the cross from Everton to Liverpool I wish I'd written this written this down now. There was a bloke, I can't think who he played for, someone like Blackburn or Bolton or something like that, who had um, proper shit hair that the team tried telling him to get rid of. And so his response was to grow an even worse goatee, claiming it would draw the attention away from his hair. <laughs> Mitre footballs, everyone's got an experience of thinking you've broken your toe kicking one of them oh, there was there was all different types and different types meant the type of mitre ball you was going to I had a mitre cosmic and this was a thing of absolute beauty you could look it up on Google it, it went into one of them electric things you know like you know what I mean the like you get them on a lot of yeah, estates yeah, where it'd be just uh, the old the electric the road. yeah it went into there and we weren't brave enough to go <laughs> in and get it because all you ever heard was stories danger that people die in there <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was a danger of death that's enough for me <laughs> like you know yeah but certain balls I do know what you mean some were toe breakers well, I say bring them back there's an article out there with like you would think someone's just killed his dog with Pep ranting about these balls and how awful they are it's the most ridiculous thing just what, the new ones just old mitre footballs oh. and Pep just ranting about what? them. Yeah. Someone yeah. bring it up to him. They must have done because I saw some quotes from it earlier. <laughs> Pep, why were you so shit in your career? Yeah. Ah, fucking mitre balls. Fuck these balls. With you saying about the electricity thing that you have the massive sign don't you danger of death keep mm. out. When you think back in the day when you just couldn't really prove people wrong on these things some of the like wild stories it's where half these like ghost stories are around because just nobody yeah. challenged them. My mum, I remember my mum saying that People at school said that you need to make sure you had your shoelaces tied up before you got on an escalator because you could get sucked in if they were dangling them when you got to the top. <laughs> Doesn't that like kind of happen on one of the Final Destinations as yeah. well? Fourth one. Yeah, like it's one of those ones. Great set of films. 
excellent. We say it quite a lot. We're champions, by the <laughs> yeah, way. We, we if you, really if are. any of the guys that are involved in the final destinations are listening, hit us up. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't want to get involved. Too much. <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing this earlier the other day. I remember I said when I was younger, I watched the final destination, and I didn't really, I didn't really have a clue what was going on. And I was sort of like, I was sort of thinking, this is like a horror version of Jackass. <laughs> like these people are all just doing wild shit. <laughs> no real explanation as to why this is happening. Imagine if it just happened to all of us on the pod, the devil rubbing his hands together as Alex prepares for a triathlon. <laughs> all the things he could do here. <laughs> Cycling up a hill when he's about to go into the water. He's getting some seaweed like wrap around his foot and drag him down. There's the one in the fourth one where someone just happens to nudge a little lever on the pool and it sucks his foot and he can't pull his foot out of the little drain at the bottom. I had that at GL1, but I got my baby toe stuck in one of them, pulled it off, and a little blood in the pool. Oh, sounds like you pulled your toe off. Yeah. <laughs> the nail came off. Right. Oh, yep. Kind of brave guy I was back then. Just, yeah, <laughs> just rip it <laughs> off. <Huge> answer. <laughs> Don't know if other people had these or if it was a rare thing. Do you remember the little like magnetic like league ladders that you'd have where you could rearrange the things together? Put your Premier League table, whether it was like a little thing on your fridge at your school notice board. I didn't have a magnetic one. I think it was like paper. Yeah. <laughs> I know the sort of yeah, thing you mean. Paper. Doctors yeah. have yeah. them on their walls and Cut shit. Cut it out and yeah, you yeah. can re- rearrange your thing yeah, as you I go along. I never actually had one of those. Well, we had one in our classroom. That was like a long like, term. Mr. Lucas would have yeah. one of them in his classroom. Yeah. That's the committed person's um, World Cup. Fill out the Watch fill out the yeah, wall yeah. chart. In it for the long run if you're arranging that every weekend. <laughs> In the 90s, we had a glut of player managers. I'd be all for this now. Yeah, yeah. yeah player managers. Dalglish's success as player manager in the late 80s inspired a splurge in pitch-dwelling gaffers over the next decade. In the early 90s, you had Peter Reid as the player boss of Man City, who started well, played regularly, and then a sharp decline saw him sacked in 93. A year later, Brian Robson took charge at Borough, where he guided them to the league, signed the likes of Juninho and uh, Ravinelli. His team got two two cup finals and a relegation with him being there, and then he hung up his boots. I've always thought what a horrible sort of coming down to earth it must be for people like Juninho and Ravinelli to end up in Middlesbrough. Have <laughs> you ever been to Middlesbrough? I mean, yeah. if you if you live in England, it must be a come down. So if you've been somewhere fairly nice to he go, he's had a hell of a like chairman doing this like, like, the time. It's a great sell, you know. It's yeah, it's really close to London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. You have a great time here. You had the spell of Stoke signing players, didn't they? They had Shakiri, they had Afolai, and there was someone else. Yeah, I think. Bojan, yeah, Bojan, yeah. yeah, and obviously they've all come from nice places as Stoke. <laughs> yeah. Even just going through that uh, Stoke train station is you—you you see enough there to know that you don't want to be here. Uh, Preston train station is the worst of all time. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the, the player manager and the the joint manager, the co-manager, it never works. Yeah. Yet they still keep trying to do it in the Wasn't 90s. It, I loved uh, it. Viali and Dennis Wise, didn't they kind of co-, co? Yeah, the was last it? player manager, I remember Dennis Wise at Millwall. He ended yeah, up playing on the cup for against Chelsea. United, didn't he? That was early noughties. Chelsea had yeah, a bit of a the... thing going on with player managers for a while, yeah. didn't they, in the 90s? Uh, Liverpool tried it with Roy Evans and Julio. Yeah. And eventually they were just like, Roy... You gotta go, mate. We got this new French guy in. He's a bit better than you. You can go. I think potentially Santini and Joel were joint at one point as well. 
Uh, then obviously we got yeah. rid of Santini and then John that. came in. I remember that this is, shows how false memory could be. I remember when I was younger, I thought Santini actually was okay at Spurs. And then when you look back, like, no, no, he was <laughs> he was absolutely garbage and Joel was obviously good in the end. Martin Joel gets disrespected a lot now when people he are does. saying... Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm potch out Joel in. <laughs> he was a lasagna away from Champions League football. We'll never forget that. Got this one in for Troy in particular. Jack Charlton's Ireland in the 90s. That was actually the shirt I was going to wear as well this evening. I did think uh, so. Yeah. The beauty of that Ireland team being it was just like anyone who could lay claim to being slightly Irish was going... I remember in like the late 90s going to Ireland and my cousin singing the songs still. Like it was (laughs) such a big thing for them to go to Italy in the 90s. Like, you know? You get like half the Liverpool team in there like Aldridge and Lawrence and whatever. Yeah, there was a lot of English lads playing. That's for certain. Yeah. (laughs) They were like, look, we ain't getting any good team fucking, we'll do this. Yeah, what, you got an Irish man? Get in. (laughs) Well, you got them beating England 1-0 at Euro 88. Got to the quarterfinals of the first World Cup in 1990. Beat Italy in USA in 94 but they say the highlight of that team still is Jack and John Aldridge losing their shit at the fourth official and there's a clip of them just going absolutely mental <laughs> the poor fourth official one of the best ones from that Ireland team is Jason McAteer I don't know if you know, yeah, know Jason McAteer kind yeah. of notoriously a bit stupid there's like yeah. loads of stories about him but one of them is they're obviously in Dublin after one of the games he goes into the bar and goes uh, excuse me do you do Guinness in here no <laughs> Tell you what, <laughs> and everyone's obviously in fits around him. <laughs> I, I always just like the look of Dennis Irwin as well. I don't mean that in a homosexual <laughs> way, but he just seemed like someone who type. was like a good bloke. Yes. Like, you like you know, solid bloke. Yeah, just good. got your back yeah, type thing. Yeah. You know. There's not much to say on this because by the time it comes out, the game will be over. But if I tell you Arsenal have started with uh, five defenders and three defensive midfielders, then. You might see where this game's going tonight. We could be in for a shock of a game then, because <laughs> United last time I didn't look like a score in a brothel, so this could be wow. rough. Yeah. This... Does that include Shaka? Obviously, it's a silly question. Well, actually, no. It's it's four three three with three defensive midfielders. Yeah. Chambers over Maitland-Niles, so he's going to get smoked oh. out his boots. Oh. Anyway, the old firm having big stars. This one I mentioned yesterday. When you look mm. back, and it's. Say no disrespect to Graham Dorans and Lee Griffiths, but they aren't quite Gascoigne, Loudrup, Larson and Viduka. Yeah, shit. Imagine having to tune into that now. <laughs> I always get McCoy as my under-18s manager on football manager these days. Well, how are you Yeah, I brought him with me. He was my assistant at Ajax. <laughs> Not really anyone wanted to I be my assistant the at the time. Yeah. It's, what's he doing? Like originally, and is he's he just still a free in, agent. Oh, so he's not at Rangers anymore no. in any capacity. He's like, just a bloke that just just doing hangs around, <laughs> waiting for Gerard to slip up. And say, <laughs> I'm still here, boys. Just get back in with the Rangers. I like lads. the idea of Byron's insistence. Be like, look, if you're going to bring me in, Ali's got to come with me. I'm <laughs> yeah, not, yeah. I'm not coming I'm bringing my main guy. Bringing in my staff. <laughs> do, do you know how many goals he scored in this <laughs> Scottish league? <laughs> I had um, a lot, actually. I, hell of a lot. I had Sherwood manager and McCoyst assistant of my under 23s at Arsenal. Now that's a lineup. We've too many personalities in there, I think. Yeah. Rio's manager of the under 18s with Cazola as his assistant. So you've got a glamorous <laughs> one, one end and not do so we, much the other. Like on that note, do we look at do we look back at it nostalgically or were were Celtic Rangers actually like good teams back then? 
Like you'd, you'd play yeah, against them and you'd think... They got to the... Whilst, you, whilst the top teams in England are obviously going to be better, you'd still be worried about playing them. Whereas mm. I think now, yeah. obviously... I mean, the late 90s, Southwark and Rangers were getting to sort of quarterfinal stages, semi-finals of... of cha- well, not, maybe not semis, but <laughs> quarterfinals of, you know, of Champions League or Europa League. So they were a lot better than they are now. I think it just comes down to as well of the Rangers have been out of the league for so long that they haven't Southwark haven't had that other team to be able to keep you good with. Yeah, you got some They're sort going of competition. They're going for 10 in a row, yeah, I think, yeah. aren't they? Like, that's some ridiculous. Sort of there to yeah, get exactly. Yeah. I do remember under O'Neill, I think it's probably late... Uh, sorry, early noughties by this point. But I remember they dumped Liverpool out of the UEFA Cup. Yeah, so. John Hartson scored yeah. an absolute banger at Anfield. Albeit, Liverpool obviously were fairly yeah. shite at the time. <laughs> but it's still, you, you'd have to fall like a long way to get beat by them now, you'd think. All that players with trademark celebrations, you don't really get too much of that anymore. You had uh, Shearer with his hand in the air, obviously. Lee Sharp using the corner flag. Klinsman, probably the yeah. most obvious one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luar Luar was another one in the early 2000s. Robbie Fowler is pretty iconic. I don't know if you could repeat the celebrations too many times. Yeah. but <laughs> That was actually one of the things of the 90s where they say, when you look back now and he's got that little nasal strip on, then you should, that plaster across his nose, you should have known what was coming. Ah. People were said to him whether that was like, they were asking him, is that like a, a fashion statement? He's like, what about this makes you think this is a fashion statement? <laughs> I've got a massive conk and I've got nasal strips over it. <laughs> the dentist chair as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they thought the blonde hair, this isn't too out of your realms <laughs> of possibility. Another, another thing that they used to do, well, not they, Patrick Vieira, Vicks on a shirt. No one does that no more. Joe Willock's going to bring it back. Yeah? Okay. I was always so confused by that. That yeah. honestly blew my mind. My I was friend like, Callum, who was a great striker, he always did the Vicks on the shirt. And he claimed that it just helped him. Because nev- basically, when you do a lot of sport, and you're not super fit, your nose runs, you know? So you could spend the whole game sniffing and stuff. I didn't mean, you don't want to sniff on, on, on a mic here. But yeah, so it obviously it can help keep you clear, I guess, you okay. know? Yeah. Yeah, until my dad told me, I thought Vieira was just sweaty before every game, just on his chest. Or just Fleming. On yeah, I, was saying, I didn't know if he dribbled or something. Yeah. I was thinking, what, what is this? Way back having the uh, foreigner rule in the league and in the Champions League where you say Alex Ferguson could only pick three foreigners from Peter Schmeichel, Dennis Irwin, Konchelskis and Roy Keane at at the Camp Nou in November 94. Gary Walsh started instead of Schmeichel in goal and they lost 4-0. Not sure why he was the sacrifice out of all of them, but (laughs) there we go. (laughs) Dundell Piero, as we said. Little Corinthian figures. Corinthian figures. Yeah, I mean the little—that's what they were called. The little soccer stars they went on oh, to be, yeah, but they were yeah. called oh, Corinthians. Okay. I didn't know that's what they were called. Yeah, we all thought oh. you meant the team. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> so, you know Corinthians. You had all the players. <laughs> no, Arsenal do some, but I got them on my desk. They always get rearranged though, so not as good. Well, they're like similarly Sabutio. Yeah, as yeah. well then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that what was like that. Well, that was FIFA, wasn't it? Before what a rip off FIFA. It, what a rip off it was being told that you were buying like an Arsenal Sabutio team, <laughs> and it was just 
Just a selection of white and black faces in a red kit. <laughs> yeah. And again, if a Christmas and being so hyped that I had an Arsenal team yeah. for it. And now looking back, it was the worst rip-off ever. <laughs> did anyone ever actually play Sabutio like it had to be played as well? I was, I was because say, I did anyone actually didn't. master it? Because it was impossible yeah, to Yeah, me do. and my brothers used to literally just hold the player's head Rock and pass it, it yeah, to, yeah, to another player. Then down, quickly like, we did it. No, we didn't no. do the whole flicking no. thing. See, I, I, was, I thought you had to flick it, but proper at your finger flicking. Yeah, it was yeah, not yeah, good. Your fingernails. Bonkers keepers kits is the headline I saw. Yeah. Liverpool had a couple of beauties. Newcastle had yeah. some absolute stunners. Yeah. I remember they had that. Remember they had their skyline yeah. as a fucking kit. Spurs <laughs> had his lot looking the, the piece. Yeah. <laughs> Spurs had one with an eye as the goalkeeper kit. What's the eye? Yeah. What, <laughs> as in an eyeball or the letter I? Yeah, it was called the magic eye. Strange. Yeah, but then I like to uh, tell you what I did like England's Euro '96 goalie kit. I remember David Seaman in that? Was it orange? It was a patchwork one. And they're all, all the fashion going on. Better than the players. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Panini stickers or um, Merlin stickers? Merlin's, they may have been yeah, called back then. Yeah, it was Merlin. My uncle just handed over around then. I don't know if they'd actually be worth anything now. I think it might be one of them things that people tell you is going to be worth stuff, but yeah, like three completed albums of the 0304 season. Three from the same season? Yeah, completed. Where the hell did he get three of them from? Seems greedy. I think Seems he... Seems a bit strange. I think when he got close Had to too the end, many swaps, and was like, through, you know what, I'm going to buy another fucking book. He'd just buy the, swaps. buy the like box of them, so it made more sense, I guess, to start filling more books than just have it's a heap of spares like this. Loads of them. Yeah. I, to be fair, I could have given you a whole book of Eric Jemba Jembas. <laughs> I just had a, a pile of Eric Jemba Jembas I just couldn't get rid of because these packs were a rip-off. And I never I never got close to completing one book. My stepbrother yeah. was committed. He was probably he always did it and I just lost interest pretty quickly. For the twenty fourteen World Cup, um we're doing the stickers at work mm-hmm. and uh, there was a kid who had become proper obsessed with them <laughs> and uh, he got fired. And he came in the next day to stand outside the building and do swaps with people, what? so he could make so he could make the most of his uh, stickers. <laughs> what? what what type of person would you be? Though? Say say you have uh, this is going to be much people listening. Say you have a bundle of swaps about this big. Realistically, you only know a couple of people that's doing them. If someone needs those stickers, are you just going to let them take them out your pile, or are you literally going to be a one for one kind of guy? I think you've got to be quite regimented with it. Otherwise, you just well, end up losing your good swaps. Well, so you could, you could, uh, an hour later, you could bump into someone who says, "Have you got yeah, how this many... card?" And he thinks, "Fuck, I yeah, did have it. Uh, I'll just give it to to John." Twenty fourteen were yeah. Fortune, if you have a lot people... of them, maybe I'm on about twenty. This was twenty fourteen. I mean, Townsend was on here. He must have been spending half his wages on these stickers, and the the kids who uh, came back. Thought I don't know if he thought he was going to be cheeky or not, but he was like, oh, I need all these. So do you just want to take whatever you need out of mine and I'll just take whatever I need out of yours? He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I only need two of yours, so... He's like, but I need about 18 of these. And he's like, you have to get some more stickers and come back. He was never going to get rid of these stickers. There was about five of us doing them. <laughs> this man's down on his luck. He's just lost his job. Now he <laughs> can't get his stickers. But... but- Back then I had a like a routine when I'd go to my dad's, it'd be, you'd get a match magazine, lunch balls pack for lunch, and then two packs of the stickers for oh, Panini. What a time to be alive. I, I used to love the match attacks cards as well. 
match attack cards. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I swapped I about three do. different shinies just to get the uh, Henri. Again, with that, I think I was with that. I was like, like a lot of people are with fantasy football now, where you're massively into it in the first couple of weeks, and then when yeah, I quickly yeah. realised I'm not going to fill this book out, then I just they briefly did um, Champions League cards because I was duped into trading a lot of cards for what I thought was a Kaka. And it was, do you remember Milan had that Kaka Kaladze in their team? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's a low point, obviously. That's one for Sean here. Uh, Soccer AM in the days of Tim Lovejoy. So if you, to- if, if you told someone now that you'd get up early on a Saturday morning to watch uh, Tim Lovejoy strutting about on set... People would look at you and think you're absolutely mad. <laughs> what was the lady's name as well? Helen Chamberlain. That was it. Got hell piped of a, by hell James of a combo. Wade. It is. It is. Allegedly. That. No. Or, or no, <laughs> did happen. <laughs> I'm assuming they piped. We don't, don't know. <laughs> Didn't see it, but I'm assuming. So. That was. I genuinely. It's hard to believe now because it's wank. But it was actually a great show yeah, of just random shit. Nothing really made any sense. Yeah, it was good. And it was three hours long. Yeah. No, like just going all out for it whereas now it's cuts like an hour and a half of hopefully Jimmy Bullard says something funny in an hour and a half of time and then the the soccerette as well which you obviously we, would not get away we with we said now. didn't we like yeah, how, yeah, how, how quickly things have changed really yeah. because it wasn't that long ago a soccerette was on there it was still on there when Rushton was on there yeah yeah and they were doing it but now it, you really couldn't do that getting what is essentially a fit but quite thick <laughs> bird to just walk up and down and then maybe answer a football question that she well, can't answer. Natalie Sawyer did it once as yeah. well. That's probably the peak yeah, of that it. Was... Harper meeting one on his birthday night out. Oh yeah. What? Who? Soccerette. Oh, I Allegedly. <laughs> no, not Natalie Sawyer. We, you'd have remembered he that story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I remember, I if I remember <laughs> a soccerette. No. <laughs> well, he, he claims he was talking to her and then she, oh, I was a soccerette and oh, okay. had the evidence. But Tell you what, any girls out there should take that line now because we can't disprove yeah, that you yeah, were a soccerette. No. It's a great opener yeah. if you want to talk to a bloke. I was a soccerette. Not enough respect was put on health and safety on on that show. What about then? There was a little feature called health and safety, but oh, no sorry. one seems to... Whenever I bring it up, people just give me a blank stare. Yeah, it yeah. 100% so existed. What, yeah. what, what was the concept of it? It just came out and said, I'm health and he's safety and just made them stupid little jokes. Oh. But... <laughs> I think so I vaguely remember it. Yeah, so I think good. I do. You know the voice in your head if you say, I'm Alf and he's safety. You cut to like Sheephead doing the weather and it'd just be like <laughs> this. You just make some regional jokes about everything every week, but this doesn't make any sense. That same uh, Shy FX song for the little uh, skills challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, do, I've, I went, went for a day of binging all of the Jimmy Bullard taking on the pro on Soccer AM on YouTube. Yeah. I was quite enjoying them. Those were actually good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Who's the winner? Yeah. Football's, Football's always, always the winner. winner. <laughs> he That's charmed me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he charmed me again because I went very much off Bullard because he was just everywhere. I like keeping him refined to there. He would yeah. be that bloke. If he was in like a, a friendship group, you'd want him to be on the outskirts of the group <laughs> whereby you saw him every now and again you had a night or something. You thought he's funny. I think that I don't want to spend any more time though. with him. I think if you're his friend, you're all in like, <laughs> yeah. with, Jim, with with Bullard because he's like he's so full on all the fucking time. Could you imagine if he you was couldn't just, on it just all keep the time. him on the fringes? Just... He'd be the leader of the gang. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he did that video when we won like eight 0 in the World Cup of him jumping into yeah. a little paddling pool in his garden. Like, your neighbours must fucking hate you. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> Mentioned this plenty of times on here before. Dream Team. So oh, good. Right. So good. When you search it now, and someone kind of, kind of telling their stories about it, say Sky Soap was originally about the youth team of fictional Harchester United, but later campaigns focused on the first team match fixing and a coach crash. Yeah, the early days of Dream Team was was excellent. Every Sunday, that was what it was all so about. So good. Get me bath done, like you used to with the soaps. Get me bath done, straight in to watch Dream Team at 8 o'clock till 9. When Bang you heard in. that theme tune drop, the, the yeah. buzz. Can't remember it. So, Oh, shit, yeah. We might get taken off for that. <laughs> yeah, so good. You some crazy shit was about to happen. Yeah. And every year, there'd be some sort of disaster to happen to the team because they were getting a new cast. Because nobody would sign for another year. So every year, you'd have a new team. I remember they actually had some Except for one or two that, that played. Like there was a couple of guys, yeah. they were playing for like Dagenham and Redbridge, yeah, them sort yeah, of players, yeah. but they were actually playing. Like A bloke threw himself off the stadium. A bloke killed himself by throwing himself off the stadium. Didn't a sniper shoot someone once in a cup <laughs> final? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty it sure a sniper shot a player. The coach crash is the yeah. ex-manager was managing West Ham against yeah. him in a playoff final. They lost, so he planted a bomb on the coach and drove into <laughs> the coach, killing all back. but three players. Bring it back. It's just so outrageous. <laughs> I can nah. remember a class bird being on the background. Picture her face, but yeah, I'd yeah, have yeah. no way of yeah, knowing what her name She went on to be in was. Coronation Street. Yes. So you should know this. That's why she's in Grange. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she went on to be in Corrie and played a posh bird in Corrie. <laughs> yeah. Or Emmerdale, actually, it was. Oh, I wouldn't Got know them. Soaps mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of referenced this earlier. So players humiliating themselves in photo shoots back in the day. They seemed to just ask no questions when they were told. So... They didn't seem to have any style either. But they say now all these <laughs> players none of us did. have their own publicity teams. And they say they got so much so that some bloke just asked Sheffield Wednesday's Carlton Palmer to don a Sonic the Hedgehog costume and he thought nothing of it. <laughs> Years later, Sheffield's Italian duo of Benito Carbone and Paolo Di Canio gamely tucked into an uncooked pizza while down in London. This is just very strange. They're literally holding an uncooked pizza, like pretending to bite it. And also, if you haven't seen this, please search it. Gianfranco Zola dressed up as Robin Hood. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. <laughs> That's like, remember when the uh, England players did the Domi- um, Pizza Hut advert and oh. Gareth Southgate had to have oh, uh, the bag over his head because <laughs> like, he was public enemy number one at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> There's some awful ones of United when uh, flip phones first started coming out. There's one of Roy Keane looking fuming having to pretend to take a selfie with the phone backwards oh like that God. yeah just uh, r- Milan being ridiculously good is something to look back on from <laughs> way back then yeah. <laughs> most recently seen getting pumped by Fiorentina who are bottom what a fall from grace my, yeah, my uncle doesn't really bet and he for some reason put a one pound bet on and on a load of underdogs but have Milan in there. <laughs> yeah. They'd all come in apart from Rennes, who would play in Marseille, who were 1 0 up last time I checked, and Milan's beat Fiorentina. <laughs> Told him before the game, Fiorentina hadn't won a game all season. Woo. Next thing I know, they were 2 0 down, and Milan were down to 10. <laughs> Jeez. Kevin Keegan is a whole topic in itself. Just Kevin Keegan being <laughs> big Kev, yeah. Villa's beverages. I will love it. So, for reasons unknown, Villa captured their players awkwardly naming their favourite beverages. Paul McGrath admits to enjoying Guinness. Dwight York and Nigel Spink disagree on Ribena. 
That's why you're having an eventful time in the night, to be fair to him. He had other things on his mind. Wasn't there a video that surfaced of Safegate also being yeah. interviewed and him talking about his favourite drink and stuff? Sometimes lager. Yeah, sometimes a lager. Sometimes a juice. That's very, that's very Brent, isn't it? Just yeah. like Gareth, cider, meat, lager. Finchy, lager. Last one I've got then, and I can open the floor to any suggestions. Fergie time. So this started in the 90s. Saturday, April 10th, 1993, Steve Bruce crashes in a trademark header deep, deep into injury time for victory at home to Sheffield Wednesday. Fergie time was born. And what a depressing time it was. It was a real thing, wasn't it? It, it was, wasn't it? Definitely. Luke said the other day, it was, like, it was just inevitable that they were going to score. It wasn't like you were thinking, oh no, they might nick the winner. It was just like, okay, when are they going to do it? We kind of get the feeling like that with City now, but they don't even normally get into a position where they have to. But with United, yeah, it was right. any sort of disaster yeah. wherever you thought they'll find a way out of this, and invariably, which is why it makes it all the more fun when they complain about teams getting late goals now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So, so you know, I find at work, I deal with to say Liverpool played shit against Sheffield United and still won. I was like, <sighs> you've had pretty much a childhood of growing up on yeah. that. I think you can grudge <laughs> me that one. Anyone else have any memories to chuck in? Going off Troy's thing about style, the Liverpool team's cream suits. I think it was a 96 <laughs> final. They called them the Spice, the Spice Boys. Boys. I think Fucking nothing hell. could have summed up that team quite like that. Thought they looked the dogs, <laughs> dreadful. They were not. Didn't really care about winning the cup, probably just about the piss up afterwards. Weren't they like styled by Armani or something? I'm yeah, that, sure it was like a, a going back to the make. advert thing where no one questions it. Basically, David James did an Armani advert. And then as a result of that, they were lumped into, look, I've got us these Armani suits, boys. Do you want to try these? <laughs> There's that great photo. And it would actually be from the early 2000s of when uh, um, Man United players are spotted. It's, just, it's an old photo that resurfaces. It's got real Ferdinand, Skulls yeah. and a few mm. others. And just... You, and Rooney in it as well and you just look at them one by one and they're all a fucking picture like <laughs> the, the the boot cut yeah, jeans on like Real Ferdinand Rooney was just like, <laughs> like it's not like you wouldn't Rio's think these the men were suit. earning any money no, let alone no. big money at the time like. Rio's got a white suit when he signed for United as well if you just took, yeah that's Rio all over if you didn't let anyone watch football prior to that and you told them what it was they'd be like is this the full Monty <laughs> is, this, is this unemployed men going to like do a dance or something Andy Carroll tried bringing it back when he signed for Liverpool didn't he I'm sure he had a white blazer on when he signed and massive boot cuts oh Jesus Christ did he like, <laughs> like he wasn't in enough trouble with that <laughs> sign as it was keep them hooves contained when you look at that players from the nice, there were and I know it's the fashionable thing to say but there were more characters around in terms of but they were all just like loose cannons. Just you look at how good United were at that time. You've also probably got to look at the Liverpool team and the Arsenal team at the time. Were also absolute car crashes. The Arsenal team all just loved to drink. Yeah. You know, obviously at Tony Adams, but Paul Merson, Parler, all the boys just loved going out. The Liverpool team were known as the Spice Boys. Supposedly, after every game, they'd just go down to London and go on a night out. There was no like. You think it's quite clear why nobody was challenging United? They yeah. all just loved the lash. I think I said only the first chapter of Ray Parler's book looks like it's going to be about how happy he is to win the FA Cup. But then it's an entire chapter on him complaining that he's not allowed to have a pint. (laughs) And him sneaking out and having a whole bar sworn under oath that they aren't going to tell anyone that he had a pint. And then hiding in a massage so no one would know. Honestly, Ray Parler's story is absolutely killing me. It's sensational. Um, Leeds being good. Yeah. You think about, forget about, well, obviously Rio was there. 
Harry Kewell back in the day. Every year we're told they're going to come up. They literally they are the care. Liverpool. It's our year. <laughs> yeah. It's mad to think Leeds are in the Champions League semi-final now. Yeah, perennial sort of contenders for the league, really. and Crazy what's happened to them, really. Wish Roy had some more respect for getting to a European final. I was saying to I was saying to Troy, I was listening to a bit, and this kind of goes into the early rivalries we had then, because we don't really have any proper rivalries now. I'd say Liverpool City is like United, United yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah. so what, what they were talking about. I re-listened to that um, Mundar podcast about the last great rivalry, and they're talking about when Wenger first signed for Arsenal, and Fergie obviously knew, had some background on him. He was a good manager, and so instantly picked a fight with him. And they said they were trying to pit the two against each other and say, Fergie's this dinosaur out with the old, Wenger's in with the new. And for a start, they say, Wenger was bringing these things like pasta. Which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what the fuck's that? they say, there's a press conference where they say to Fergie, look, obviously he's a very smart guy, he knows five languages. And Fergie, in his sharp Scottish accent, says, uh, you know, five languages. I've got a 15-year-old lad from the Ivory Coast in those five languages. <laughs> and the press comes up, oh, shit. <laughs> and now we've got Daniel James and Callum Chambers lining up. Fergie has already done there, hasn't he? He's like, I'll throw in a cat over a pub. What's, what's Wenger done? <laughs> what's yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the United lineup for tonight and this could be the worst game between these two that we've yeah, ever seen. Someone in those teams needs to take it upon themselves to do Keane and Vieira Barney in the tunnel because that might be the most entertaining thing we get. Someone stick it on the other one. Socrates, do you think? Can yeah. I just ask if is Lingard starting? Yep. He always does us in. I Green don't care about his form and how shit he is. Against Arsenal, he just seems to turn up. I've said, I've said it before. Glad Urza went it in with that post about dance floor or whatever because you, you can't let someone come at you and call your stadium a dance floor. You just can't have it. Certainly not Lingard. No. He scored like five goals in the last three years and four of them have been against us. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll never, I was going to say, we're, we're never going to have that because like, you were talking about City and Liverpool could be the closest thing we've got in recent times. And well, then, that's not even really a rivalry. But yeah, but then you think because closest we could have got is when like Walker put that post that's what I was about when he was, like, was that bad that he deleted yeah, it and he had to delete it <laughs> yeah, it's like, ridiculous and I said at the time how ridiculous is it I didn't really see anyone really complain I thought most people no. saw like yeah I like that he's going with it. I don't know why he felt the need to have to take it down he let his dog stay in the house after what he did but he deletes the tweet <laughs> after a couple of minutes <laughs> tells you all you need to know that dog every time he sees him just give him a little look <laughs> you know what I've been up to Sam <laughs> 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 I'm living in your house rent free. Uh, and I'm also living in do, your mind. Doing what you want. Yeah. Doing what I want. You're feeding me. Oh, I think we'll call that a day before it gets any more out of hand. Anyway, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. Us four will be back again next week. We'll have Jack coming back next week as well. So it'll be a rowdy one with uh, five of us on the show. So thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. Thank you. <laughs>